0: Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, A Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Larry Kay, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Friday, January 17, 2020, and today we are uh, reading from the big book, and we are currently on page 83. We're on the third paragraph. It it begins, there may be some wrongs, and we're going to read one paragraph only. So today's uh, readers, we have Tenzin P. on the 12 Steps, we have Jan, uh, Janice P.M. on the 12 Traditions, and the readers of the text are Harlan G., Kathy C., and Reva P., and then, of course, we have um, uh, Du L. is going to welcome uh, folks um, and, and uh, after the meeting, and then Deanna B. is going to host the second hour. Let me give you the share ID for for yesterday, Wednesday, January 16th. The 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting, that number is 13,981. That's 13981. And for the 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting, 13,983, 13983. The OA preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating So let's get started, Tenzin. We got the uh, Tenzin P on the 12 steps. Good morning.
1: Good morning.
2: Uh, here Here are the steps we took, which are suggested as a program of recovery. Number one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, in the searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves.
3: Five, admitted
2: to God, to ourselves, and to another human being, the exact nature of our wrongs. We're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character.
3: Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight,
2: made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all.
4: Nine,
2: direct amends to such people wherever possible except when to do so would injure them or others. Continue to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it.
3: Mm -hmm. Thought
2: through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening, as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive eaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you very much. Wishing everyone a blessed day.
0: Thank you, Tenzin. Okay. Janice, I'm very sorry about Tom Brady, but in any case, would you read the 12 <laughs> traditions?
5: <laughs> yeah. Good morning. Ooh. Good morning to you and everyone out there in that beautiful West Coast. This is my name is Janice PM, and I'm from Massachusetts. Uh, these are the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon O.A. unity. Two, our group purpose. For our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants they do not govern. Three, the only requirement for O.A. membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, Nine, OA as such are never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. And 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion we need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. And I pass.
0: Thank you, Janice Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months and there is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. And of course, we're sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute your phone and once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone again. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. So today, uh, we're going to resume our study of the big book. We are currently on page 83, the third paragraph. It begins, there may be some wrongs. And I will now ask uh, Fred Astaire uh, if he would (laughs) begin reading this morning. (laughs) Hey, Harlan, good morning.
1: Thank you, Ginger Rogers. I'm Harlan G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, and I am currently in Los Angeles, California, page 83. There may be some wrongs we can never fully right. We don't worry about them. If we can honestly say to ourselves, we would write them if we could. Some people cannot be seen. We send them an honest letter, and there may be a valid reason for postponement in some cases, but we don't delay it if, we can be, if it can be avoided. We should be sensible Tactful, considerate, and humble without being servile or scraping. As God's people, we stand on our feet, we don't crawl before anyone. Uh, again, I'm Harlan G., I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. This paragraph is a paragraph that lets me know that under no circumstance am I to fare forth in this endeavor without a recovered, informed sponsor somebody who is objective and informed because I cannot make these decisions by myself. And in every life, there are things that I do or things that I do not do that I regret deeply. Oh, how I wish I could take back the thing I said then. Or, oh, I regret how I didn't do this or did do that years and years ago or as recently as yesterday, and sometimes we just have to know in our hearts that we did the best we could at the time, and the way we move forward is to make a living amends, and that living amends entails correcting the behavior in myself, sometimes for reasons which may be different or unique to each situation, we cannot approach someone right away. So we have to have the advice of a sponsor, and that sponsor will help us tremendously. Another thing here that is very, very important for me to remember is no one is going to beat me up for my mistakes. I am not going to be servile or scraping. And what that means is I am not here to beg you to forgive me. I am not here to beg you to be my friend. I am not here to do anything but say, here is myself, here is me, here is me, here I am, that's better, here I am, I've made this mistake, I regret it, I would erase it if I could, but whether or not you forgive me, whether or not you want to maintain a relationship with me is between you and God. I am going to treat myself with the same dignity that I would treat someone else. So it's very important for me not to obsess about, is Joe going to forgive me? Is Mary going to forgive me? I make my amends. It's water under the bridge and there's nothing more to be done. And it says here as God's people, we stand on our feet. We don't crawl before anyone. We are we have to respect ourselves enough to know that at this stage of my recovery, I am working on my past while I keep my eyes forward. I keep my eyes toward my recovery, and the recovery is the prize. And so again this step, this paragraph means I am here. I need guidance from a sponsor. I need the hope and strength from God. I'm going to write the mistakes that I can. I said things in my life. I did things in my life. I deeply, deeply regret. In my case, it was mostly toward my mother. I was cruel and unkind to her. She had profound mental illness, and I should have treated her with the respect and love that she deserved as my mother. So every single day of my life, I try to honor her by doing the right thing and making her proud of me. She's been gone 46 years, but I try to make her proud of me by acting in accordance with my program and taking good care of myself honors her and that's how I make my living amends and with that I will pass thank you so much Larry for your service
0: oh uh, thanks Harlan thanks for getting us started all right let's open it up to sharing now on uh, on this we're page 83 Harlan read that's uh, the third paragraph there may be some wrongs if you haven't shared in the last day or so uh, you'd like to share uh, let me know that Do L- R- do Nessa,
3: <clears throat> Tina F. Hey Tina.
2: Katie
3: F. We got Katie. Anybody
0: else? Carmela S <laughs> H. Carmela and was that Leah S H? It was. It was okay. Hey Leah. Okay, so here's who I have. Let's start with that first group. I have Do, Nasa, Tina, Katie, Carmela, and Leah, and then we'll open it up to more sharing. Hey Do. Good morning.
6: Good morning, Larry. Hey, good this morning. Do Al recover compulsive overeater? Thank you very much. Um, grateful to be here. So, there may be some wrongs we can never fully write. And um, as I was reading this, I was remembering I can never fully write, you know, taking away my son's childhood. I never showed up to take him to the playground because I was drunk on alcohol or the food. Um, I never, you know, did things with him, um, you know, that was appropriate, you know, as a parent to do with him. Um, you know, participate in his school, participate in his plays. you know, like do all the motherly things with him, be emotionally available to him. Um, I can never fully write that. And I, I pay the price every day today <laughs> for that. He lives with me, but <clears throat> um, he's a, a very angry young man. And even though I've made my amends to him, I can never fully write that. I can never give him back his childhood. Um, there's other wrongs that I can never fully write, you know, and that's just one example. And then it says here, we don't worry about it if we can honestly say to ourselves that we would write them if we could, and And I got to say, I have uh, grappled with that in my step work to fully right those wrongs and do the best that I can today to to live honorably and live this program in my life. Um, And then it says, some people cannot be seen. We send them an honest letter. I know with um, my father who um, severely abused me, Um, I had to make an amends to him because I treated him poorly. And I did some things to him that were, uh, you know, something that I had to make amends for. Despite of the wrong that he did me, I never looked at that. I looked at how can i make this amends and i tried to approach him personally to make the direct amends but that didn't work out so i did send him a letter and that opened up a a dialogue with my father to have a conversation with him um and i did make my amends to him um you know and then it says there may be a valid reason for postponement i mean unless something happens where you know i can't physically get to like for my sister when she was in Florida, I couldn't get to her. So I had to wait for her to come to Connecticut at that time to make the amends with her. So I postponed, you know, for a couple of months, but I did get to make the amends. And it says, and when we do this, we do it sensibly, tactfully, and considerate, without servile or scraping. I'll end up with this servile means, you know, we we don't get to be people pleasers and scraping is we don't force our agenda on other people. Um, we don't crawl before people, but we stand before God in, in, um, we stand on our feet before God. And that's the, the, the number one thing. If you can do that, then you get right-sized with God and you're able to make these amends and have a peace and a tranquility that you will not know until you experience that. And with that, I pass.
0: Thanks, to Okay, we have Nessa followed by Tina. Good morning, Canada. Hi, Nessa.
6: Hi.
7: Good morning from very cold Canada. Vision for you. This is Nessa. R recovered in um, Toronto, Canada. Um, so uh, there's some wrongs we can never fully right. So does this mean that I'm off the hook? Um, it doesn't mean that at all. It simply means that I can I don't make the recommend. It doesn't mean i don't make amends it's just i don't make direct amends which are the ideal the ideal form of making amends um and um you know this can mean a lot of things not only because uh, other people will be hurt uh if we make amends or uh, if we make direct amends but it's also people who maybe we cannot find people who are no longer with us Um, i was taught that in these cases And of course, to to obviously changing my behavior so that I don't repeat the harms that I have done to these people, which is actually the true meaning of the word amend. Amend means to change. Amend doesn't mean just to apologize uh, or write a donation check. Amend means to change. Um, And so I have to change my behavior, and that's that's, that's a given. Uh, But I was taught that in making these amends, maybe indirect amends, I don't know, um, there has to be some effort involved and maybe you know I don't maybe like to characterize it this way but maybe even some personal pain in making this these amends and I'll you know I just have a, a personal example and this is uh, I've been um, recovered for um, a little bit over eight years and I only um, found I uh, remember this um, not too long ago that I as a child as a very very young child I had been involved in a in a bullying incident where I wasn't the bully, but I was a uh, an observer, a very happy observer, and I did nothing to prevent it. And so I felt that I owed the target of this bullying incident an amends. Except, you know, that was maybe forty five years ago. I don't even remember the 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 person's name. I don't even know how to begin to how to find them. I, it just it's just impossible. So what do I do? You know, um, yeah, I could write a donation check to an anti-bullying campaign, but you know, there's got to be effort involved. And so, what my sponsor suggested is that I personally take some measure to um, to uh, to uh, to deal with bullying. And uh, um, the suggestion she made is like bringing a speaker uh, uh, to teach um, kids in in school about the effects of bullying and you know, how to stand up to bullies, how to, you know, whether you're the target or you're like an observer, you know, something more tangible that has a direct um, positive impact on, you know, whatever the situation is. So there's got to be effort involved. I mean, obviously, in the end, if the only thing that I can do is make a donation, um, then of course, of course, I need to do that. And then in that case, that donation has to be painful to me. You know, it cannot be like, you know, twenty dollars and fifty cents. It has to be something that I'm going to uh that I'm going to feel. Um, you know, um anyhow, so uh that's all I have to say and with that I pass. Thank you. Thanks,
0: Nessa. Okay, we have Tina followed by Katie. Hey Tina, we miss you out here in, in LA. Good morning. <laughs>
8: Thanks so much, Larry. missed being there. Actually, Monica and I were just talking about that yesterday. <laughs> uh, Tina Compulsive Eater, Anorexic in Florida. Wow, what a great paragraph, and I so appreciate the shares. You know, uh, a couple paragraphs above, it, talk, it talks about our creator. You know, we, we pray, pray to our creator to have him show us the patience, tolerance, kindness, and love so that we can go about and do this work. And, you know, what I was thinking about, and it triggered it from the initial share, is, you know, my mom, too was in in mental institutions all my life and you know I just I just stayed away from her because she scared me you know and and what she was what she exhibited in our lives was patience tolerance kindness and love you know she didn't choose to be mentally ill that was her that was her, her life you know um but one of the things she was always was Uh, Kind and loving to all, and I I did have the opportunity to make a face to face amends to her, and she was just like like she was oblivious to it. She didn't even you know she said, "Oh Tina, you weren't like that," you know. And and so and and I I am so grateful that I was able to make the amends. But you know I loved what was talked about. You know by the time I'm here, you know, and I'm willing to to make the amends, and that means to change my behavior. So how am I suiting up now? What am I being like now? And so until my mother died i was able to be there for her you know and and coming from a place of kind patience tolerance kindness and love and god put that in me because let me just tell you i was always afraid of her and you know and when i was at this work and was able to make those amends i i actually was patient tolerant kindly and loving towards her and felt that from the bottom of my heart and so what a gift you know and i love that it says that you know There are some wrongs we can never fully right, and then we don't worry about them. You know, if I'm following directions, specific instructions in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, the black, then I do this stuff. You know, I let God take care of the stuff that I cannot do because he gives it to me just when I can do it, you know, and not before. You know, so one of the things I have to know is that people that have gone before me, and I love that it was talked about too, you know, I don't do this on my own because I'm screwed if I do. You know, I do this in the direction of, of a sponsor who's been there, done that, you know, and so that I have some sound direction. And and uh, and it says, and then it also says, but we don't delay if it, if it can be avoided. You know, that's one of the things. You know, I don't just postpone because I don't want to do the stuff. You know, it, it's a valid reason. And... um you know, one of the things that I know today is that, you know, I am growing towards the woman God would have me be, and this is a step that sets me free, and with that, I'll pass. Thanks.
0: Thanks, Tina. Okay, we have Katie followed by Carmella. Katie, when do you get in? When's your flight getting
9: in? Good morning. This is Katie F, a Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Um, um, I like this line, there may be some wrongs we can never fully right. Um, and that was a lot of the case for me because, um, my parents got divorced when I was young and I didn't see my, um, dad, it was, you know, in the late sixties and it was just very different how they handled all that. Um, back then it was very shame based and, you know, so I just had a lot of anger towards my, um dad and i but i couldn't you know go to him and say you know well i secretly hated you and i couldn't say that to my um half siblings that he then later had and his wife who was my stepmother but he never referred to her as that um or my grandmother um i couldn't you know just go and say well tell them how i felt inside about them um and so i had to just changed my behavior. And so gratefully, you know, when my father passed away in 2004, um, I had made things right with him. And so um, I was able to just show up. Um, He didn't really want me to show up that much, but I did make an effort. And I, that anger inside of me was gone. And I think that's the biggest thing is that, Working these steps and work, making the amends, it may not change the relationship, but it changes me. And it gives me the ability to wake up every day and not have that, um, those feelings of regret and remorse and, and anger that I had so much in my life. And just recently, um, last week, I'd had a situation with someone. And I was just very, very upset with them. And it wasn't anything that I i, I had not done anything to them. Um, but they had done some stuff to one of my family members. And I, you know, just felt really, um, I was very upset about it. And I didn't think about it every minute of every day, but I, I couldn't imagine seeing them. And if I, I had, you know, kind of visions of punching them in the nose. But um, but of course I knew I wouldn't do that. And last week um, I ran into them and I went up to them and I shook their hand and said hello. And the feeling of forgiving that person, you cannot buy and you cannot make it happen. It was the grace of God that gave me the willingness and the ability to forgive them. And it wasn't an amends, but it it is in a way because I'm no longer harboring those feelings of um, wanting to punch them in the nose. And I'm just grateful that, you know, God shows up for me in every way. And I can't um, say enough about cleaning up my side of the street. It just is worth every bit of embarrassment or any bad feeling you think you might have. It just is amazing, and with that, I'll pass.
0: Thank you. Thanks, Katie. Okay, we have Carmela followed by Leah. Um, Carmela, good morning.
4: Good morning, Larry. Thank you so much. This is Carmela G. from New York, gratefully recovered for today. Amends. I thought when I initially did my steps and I listed all my people and I went out there and made my amends and wrote my letters and things like that to people who had passed on. Um, But yes, I I covered it all, except I realized just this week that um, when I live in this program, God gives me information if I'm open and willing and if I'm connected. And the other night, I had the strangest experience. And it went back forty years, and I was with—I was at a celebration of someone who founded a beautiful organization, and um, he's long dead. But when he was on this earth forty years ago, the Carmela in disease, full of righteous indignation and jealousy and ugliness was so critical of this person's behavior. And as I sat with people who were doing part of his wonderful work that he started, the feeling that I got was so, I was embarrassed. All then, I was embarrassed that I ever should have thought like that. And it came to me that I needed to make an amends to him. I know he's dead, but I will write that letter and truly speak from my heart. And I have the opportunity to do a living amends because people in his organization have asked me to do service, and I am pleased to do it. And I get joy from doing it. And I've also given... A financial contribution but it's amazing how this program unfolds and God gives us what we need when we're ready to accept and act on it and for that I am truly grateful and that this reading applies to that for me today 110% and thank you all for listening and for my share
0: Thanks, Carmela. Okay, we have uh, Leah SH up next and then we'll take some more uh, people to share. Good morning, Leah.
10: Good morning, Larry. This is Leah in Portland, heading to LA this afternoon. Um, I just wanted to chime in here. I have a couple family members, um, actually one in particular, who pretty much 12-stepped me years ago, um, and she's very active in her disease. And and uh, it's so funny. She told me to just ignore all the God stuff that go to meetings. Um, anyway, she's somebody that has... She's been very... She's my sister. She's been uh, a very difficult person, very difficult personality. She's very active in her disease. I um, shied away from her. I wouldn't talk to her for months. Um, she She's very triggering. Um, I think she does it on purpose. I'm not sure. But... Um, and she didn't want to direct amends. You know, I think I had intimated that I wanted to do that. And she says, no, I don't want, it. I don't want to hear it. So, funny enough, we talk almost every day now. Not on the phone. We uh, message. It's always electronic uh, phone calls. And, and there's a, a topic that I've... One of her favorite subjects I've uh, gotten interested in. So it's almost like a sport. Um, you know, we, we, we discuss politics now. And I know more about politics than I ever have. And it's thanks to her. And um, we, you know, we, I feel actual, actually bonded with her. There's times when when she, she throws out curveballs and I just have to just kind of quietly walk away without saying anything. It's, it's uh, treacherous for me. I don't know how to deal with it. Um, but, you know, that's my living amends to her. And we have a relationship now where we didn't have before and then um, my father is somebody who he just does not seem interested he's gotten pretty elderly and he's gotten some health issues and he's on the East Coast I'm on the West Coast so I don't see him often and I would try to call him I'd call him during the day or sometimes I I get up early on the West Coast so I'd call you know the 8 o'clock their time and I, I didn't know that they were sleeping in he and his wife don't get up that early and so once I called him, um, when I got home from work when I'm dead tired and they're up and up and about, you know, it's like that's their time. And that just occurred to me a couple of weeks ago. It's like, oh, if I really want to have a relationship with him, I have to change the time I'm calling. And so I'm amending my calling times to him and hopefully have a better experience. I was feeling very resentful towards him and thinking he just didn't really care about uh talking to me when and truth be told, he was tired and just not up for it. So, I'm always open to God's suggestions. Um, this is what my morning meditation helps me with, and you know, these these flashes of ideas just pop into my head, and they're so they they feel so true and certain that I I try them out, and lo and behold, God never steers me wrong. And with that, I pass.
0: Thank you. Thanks, Leah. Okay. again, we're on page 83. Um, There may be some wrongs, just the one paragraph. If you've ever done some wrongs, we'd love to hear from you.
11: (laughs) Who would like to share? Joe M. Joe?
12: Serene S.
3: Serene? Neil B. Neil? Who else? Teresa P.
0: Teresa. All right, well, let's go with uh, with that and then we can see where we're at. So we have Joe, Serene, Neil, followed by Teresa. Hey, Joe,
11: good morning. Good morning, Larry and readers. Thank you so much for your service. I appreciate the opportunity to take a few minutes to share based on the paragraph we read. I'm so impressed with the first line, there may be some wrongs that we can never fully right. My impression this morning is that our higher power can. Uh, He or she can do that. And it is a blessing in our lives when we seek to be sober and then to have that sobriety, uh, you know, Move us in a direction of changing our lives, and that's what I'm finding in this incredible organization. Uh, the shares every morning encourage me that I can change uh, as a human being. I am flawed, but that doesn't mean I can't improve, uh, repent, change. Uh, we are not doormats, and I, I'm having experiences right now where. I am seeking to make amends and as I recognize my wrongs and talk to those people who I have hurt, I'm doing so in a way that I'm maintaining my dignity and uh, we should all do that as well. I am so grateful for the big book. I just want to express and and I'll close. Uh, I just started reading the big book uh, about a week and a half ago. And it is such a blessing to me to know that change is possible. I have been a compulsive overeater pretty much my whole life. And for the first four or so years, I was so active, it did not seem to matter. And as I've aged, my metabolism, of course, is slowing down. And uh, hence, I've... uh, found myself in life, uh, my life being unmanageable. But listening to the Shares Daily reading from the book book is incredibly helpful to me to recognize where I'm at and more importantly, giving me hope that I can improve, that I can overcome the effects of overeating, that I can find control. And again, the hope comes from reading and hearing the success that a vision for you members have had and continue to have in sobriety. So as I close, I want to express sincere gratitude uh, for those of you who are setting an example, showing me that it's possible. And I'm grateful for a higher power who listens to me. And, and I'm so grateful that we have God of miracles. And with that, I pass and I thank you. Thank you, Joe. Okay, we have Serene followed by Neil. Good morning,
3: Serene. Serene, press
0: star one, if you would.
12: Good morning, thank you so much. Uh, So, uh, I'm Serene from the East Coast, Recovered Compulsive Overeater, and I just went through the steps with a, a vision sponsor and am in the Um, you know, middle of the amends and the one that has been uh, immediately there is this time around, while I had completed my amends and there were a lot the first time, I see the boundaries that I have violated and I see how I have made assumptions. And one of them was uh, most recently I went to visit and um, Uh, my 93-year-old mentor from college who had uh, some memory impairment. And I had projected uh, being her daughter. And I was not her daughter. She had five children. And as I uh, watched her, and it turned out I had work in her area, I had stayed with this family for years. And I said, is there any chance I could bunk in with you while I'm in town, you know, at these hospitals and things? And she, she thought that was great. Her daughter thought that was great. I so crossed boundaries uh, with her and the family. And what what I did was I reached out to her to, you know, um, put some things in place. And she asked me not to come back again. And, you know, I've been in this woman's life 40, 47 years. She's been in mine. And it it was painful, but the lesson I got was that she was making a request and that I would honor that because she couldn't remember what she was saying to me when she was saying or when I was coming or when I wasn't. And it created a lot of uh, impact on her. I used her because I I didn't want to pay for a hotel. And I treated her like, like somebody who she wasn't to me, and so we have been in communication recently, and she's declining. Now, here's the curious thing. I was also imposing my ability to care for the elderly because I'm in hospice. She did not want me around. And I could see from her perspective the, and, and the lesson that God was giving to me. And she doesn't want to hear anything directly. She's made it really clear what she wants to talk about and what she doesn't. And she goes, I'm getting very sick. She goes, please don't come back. And and it's so hard for me to honor that. But my recovery and my amends is that I will honor that. And, you know, I, I, it's not a direct amends, but what is showing up for me are all the senior women in my life so I can be different with them. It's been heart aching for me. I've adored this woman. Um, you know, I have my career because of her and the efforts that I've made, of course, with God. And um I, I'm left with it not not fully landing on her, but that's for me, and I can see she's complete. So I'll just I'll just share what I've I've noticed most recently is the boundaries that I've crossed, and it's tricky to make direct amends. And I'm I'm I was so uncomfortable saying, listen, I've violated your space, I've crossed boundaries here. She doesn't even know what I'm talking about, and I need to let it go. But I am uh, noticing with the other people in my life where I have done this, and I can be different today, thank you to God, uh, seven-step prayer, all these kinds of things, and look at the amends that, that I can make directly, but I can by asking God to have me do it differently, and sometimes I don't even know what that is. So I just I can see that I can't fully write this, as it says in the, the paragraph, and it is fully right I need to I need to put the completion on it thank you so much for letting me share thank
0: you Serene okay we have Neil followed by Teresa hey Neil good morning morning Larry thanks for your service today it's Neil B from Calgary Alberta looking forward to getting out of the deep freeze and into LA this afternoon and the part I wanted to talk about is we don't crawl before anyone Before program, I would crawl before people when I knew I did something wrong. I'd be just begging for forgiveness. And all I was really doing was seeking permission to be able to continue that behavior until I wronged them again or until they finally just stood up to me and tossed me out of their life altogether. So I'm very grateful for that reminder that if I'm standing on my own two feet or on my knees before God, that's really what's going to be. My judgment now. And if I can look God in the eyes and say, I did my best with that amend, then that's good enough for me. And that's going to help me stop and help me recover. Thanks. then I pass. See you in a little while, Neil. Thanks so much. Hey, Teresa. Good morning.
3: Oh, Teresa, oh, Teresa, press star one if you'd like Hi, to Hi, this is Teresa. Right. Good
13: That's morning. Me and the mute button, we just have this uh, relationship. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. challenging. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, I was late sitting on the meeting, but uh, I did hear there are some wrongs I may never fully write. And, you know, that is so true. It immediately popped up into my head. And it was right before I got into a program, back in 93, is a scene with my dad. And uh, my dad was, uh, had had, um, well, okay, he was sick. (coughs) And he had uh, broken one ankle and couldn't walk on the other. And and I had gone to see him. I had actually gone 35 miles to see him because I had left my uh, Christmas gift from my sister which happened to be candy so I went all the way I went all the way down there for the candy story of my life and um and my dad was there and I remember walking toward him and and uh wanting to like just touch his head and uh, and tell him that I I loved him and I did touch his head very very gently you know and and uh but I couldn't say I loved you I just I was had a long history with my my dad with the alcoholism and then the doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde thing and and I just couldn't do it and then oh, I think it was uh, a day well no I know it was a day or two later I got the call early in the morning from my mom and says well dad's not moving you know, and I'm just oh and the first thing that came to my mind was I never said I love you and I had wanted to do it and it just just hit me to the core, and I got to be there for my mom the best I could. But what I learned was that, you know, I need to do these things when they come. And what I was able to do is uh, change my relationship with my mom, Uh, and uh, I could take her out to breakfast and talk to her and tell her I love her. Uh, and I guess I had got another another eleven years with my mom, and they also got into the program, which helped tremendously uh and made all the difference. but do those loving amends and when i can and and I got to hear my mom tell me she loved me and uh and I was always uh doing her birthday every year, and she got to her eyes thank me for that, and you know I got. The, the gifts I get from making the amends are always so are you know, just are so beautiful and so, so soul and heart filling. And and um, I just recently got connected up with my another one of my sisters. We were talking about of all things, Nancy Drew books and she likes the really old ones and I, I had our family collection of them about seven which I I sent to her because I was hoarding them I might want to read them sometime and they're like 60 years old and uh that and she was she was so happy but we got to talk and chat and I got to see her you know as she is just quiet she's not in recovery and you know and it doesn't matter the point is is that I got to spend time with my sister and be there and Set aside all the judgments and the fears and the resentments and all the things in life that do not bring me peace and happiness and, and in the end don't matter and I got to be there you know be with my sister uh, over the phone because she's in Arizona and just you know share you know share and be together about something that we both enjoy and connect and what a what a great gift that is and I Hopefully get to make those great amends to the, the 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 love of my life. I got to go with him on a little um, drive yesterday. We I mean, actually never did. Well, we did go somewhere, but and then we went back uh, because it was an awful trip. He thought he lost his cell phone, and you know, and I just got to be quiet and go. Oh yeah, this is the time that I'm spending with him, and I don't have to point out what he needs to do and what would be good. And if we go all the way, you know, out. And now an I'm driving around, really going nowhere, and coming back home. It's okay. It's time spent with my husband doing what he wants to do, no matter what I think. You know, it's nothing illegal or immoral. It was just not the way I would do things. And what a treasure that is! Is to realize I don't have to run people's lives. I don't have to fix things. All I need to do is feed up and show up and be, you know, and, um, doing loving kindness. And uh, with that, I'll pass. Thank you for letting me
0: share. Thank you, Teresa. Okay, we have time for perhaps uh, two, maybe three more shares. Who would like those those spots?
14: Lane C.
0: Okay, got gotcha, Blanca B. B. Blanca and Pete. Let's go with that. Okay, Lane, you're up. Followed by Blanca. Good morning.
14: Good morning. Uh my fellows, this is uh Lane C, recovered compulsive overeater in Rochester, New York. Um I am so uh, grateful for the shares that have, um, that have been shared thus far and for all the folks who have, have spoken on this paragraph because it's really illuminated for me ways that um, early on in this program when I was going around to make amends to folks, I actually oftentimes used the amends process as a way to reinforce some of the ways that I felt badly about myself. Um and I know that we're in this we're in this program for an ego reduction process and and to be humbled um and I think you know a, a part of that of course is is going to different people that we have harmed and admitting the harm that we have caused, owning the harm that we have caused and and working towards making amends to amend um the harms that we have caused in people's lives um and you know when it points towards you know ways that we don't that we don't you know scrape or ways that we are not um you know, survive on this program, I think um, for me, it was there. Um, there were times when it was, uh, I was sort of using um, people's responses to continue beating myself up. And that is not what this program is about. Um, and I called, you know, that's not, that's not actually true humility. That's actually, um, you know, a way to continue um, feeding that, that ego and looking to others to determine how I feel about myself rather than, you know, turning to higher power, and rather than um, you know, turning to um, the the ways that higher power speaks speaks through the voices of other healthy, recovered. Um, people. Um, And so uh, for me, I I called some folks and thankfully, you know, I was calling people and and talking to them about some of the the tough um, time I was having in recovery at the time. And and people were able to reflect back to me like, that is not recovery. This is not what this program is for. It's not for us to to sit there and feel completely terrible about ourselves um, all of the time. It's really for us to, like regular human beings, own that we have made mistakes, um, but not to say that we have become our mistakes. And I think sometimes um, I I got caught up in that in my recovery process. So thank you so much for allowing me to share. And with that, I'll pass.
0: Thanks, Lane. Hey, Blanca, we'll split the time with Pete, maybe a couple minutes each. Good morning, Blanca.
15: Hi, good morning. Uh, Can you hear me?
0: Yeah, I can hear you great.
15: Alrighty, sure. I can I can split the time. I just wanted to thank everyone for uh, being so courageous to talk about such personal, painful <clears throat> things as making amends to people that we feel that we mistreated. I, and if others can do it, I certainly can. Uh, my it would be my marriage, my husband. Um, so many times I wanted to uh, say how sorry. Uh, sorry, I was. I had so much regret and remorse about how I treated my husband and the way I behaved. And and he was uh, so good and kind to me. And I and I rarely responded that way. I I can't use the excuse I was sick. You know, it was my disease. It was. I knew I was being cruel. And uh, and and he's passed away. And I would give anything, anything in this world to have to take that back but as harlan said the way to go on for me now is just to honor him through living every day and it is possible i can honor him through my son i can honor him now through my grandchildren and that has helped keep me going and uh, being able to live with myself and forgive myself and move on Thank you all, and
0: thank God for program. And I will pass. Oh, thanks, Blanca. Hey, Pete. Thanks for chiming in here. Good morning. We got a we got a, a couple of minutes. Good morning, Larry. Thank you for calling on me. Pete B. Compulsive overheater,
16: recovered today by God's grace and mercy. I'm in Pennsylvania, <laughs> and I really like what uh, another member shared about as the, you know, the 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 last sentence. As God's people, we stand on our feet. We don't crawl before anyone and you know in my disease you know because of the guilt shame and remorse from my behavior i had i i have felt, I felt like i didn't even deserve you know the right to vote right i felt like i had become this like third class citizen right i had to depend on others to provide for me i had to i had to uh you know, uh, just feel the guilt, shame, or remorse in every step of the way. And I love how this says this. You're like, I don't know if this, it, it, I don't know if this program is about ego deflation. To me, it's about, it's about proper alignment, right? My ego has a, has a place. It is, it is part of my makeup and it has a place. Does it have to be deflated? For some, it does. Does it have to be inflated? For some, it does as well. Right? But what I really love about this is that, is, that I, is that I crawl before any. I don't crawl before anyone. You know, in the AA 12 and 12, it says the more we become willing to depend upon a higher power, the more independent we actually are. Like I didn't come to the fellowship of Overeaters Anonymous or Alcoholics Anonymous to become, you know, the stepchild of my sponsor and the, the you know, the, 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 the person in debt to the fellowship. I came here to walk a free man to carry this message, to be a good example, to show my experience, strength, and hope, and to be a demonstration of my God's will, my God's love, and my God's way of life. You know, I, I, I did some wrongs in my life. This step gives me the opportunity to make up for the wrongs that I did. It's not a magical mystery act of anything. It's about making, wrong, making right the wrongs I committed, and then walking as I believe my God would have me walk with pride and dignity. Knowing full well that I am a loving member of society, right, and a part of this fellowship, and that's what I came here for. I didn't come here to feel as though I was some second-class citizen, right? Walk around with guilt, shame, and remorse. I I came here to 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 stop having to look over my shoulders and worry and be consumed with guilt and fear and shame and remorse. And
0: that's what I believe. How how I believe my God would have me be. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks thanks so much Pete and and thank you to everyone who shared and joined us this morning please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing let me give you the share ID for today's meeting that share ID is 13,988 that's 13988 and we will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164 followed by the serenity prayer hey Kathy C. good morning
17: Good morning, everyone. Thank you all for your service. This is Kathy, gratefully recovered from New York. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask Him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order